what, election day is next week? We have you covered with your handy-dandy guide to what's at stake from a haze of confusion over marijuana taxes to why Airbnb is on a ballot box near you and for all the anger over school closings and protests over the teaching of race and gender, why virtually no one is running for school board. What will end up is Mickey Mouse all of a sudden will be on the school board. Plus, Melukas keeping his head down by refusing to debate before election day. His only opponent joins us to talk crime, lingering airport pickup problems, and did you see this? The bold new ballpark design plan for the Kansas City Royals. Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of AARP Kansas City, RSM, Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlise Gorley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A. Co-Trustees, the Restaurant at 1900, and by viewers like you. Thank you. Hello and welcome, I'm Nick Haynes, and thank you for joining us on this pre-election edition of Week in Review. Joining us this week from the Kansas City Star, Kinala Phillips, who's been lifting up the hood on everything from marijuana taxes to why Airbnb is on your ballot. Michael Mahoney has been tracking the election as chief political analyst at KNBC 9 News. Lynn's, Lynn Horsley helped uh, write KCUR's indispensable election guide, and Eric Wesson has been up to his elbows in hosting forums and writing articles about what's at stake on Tuesday for the Kansas City Call newspaper. If you didn't already know, local election day is next week, and in addition to all the usual candidate races, 30 cities on the Missouri side and several counties have put marijuana taxes on the ballot. We like to say in Independence, we tax pot roast, why not tax pot? That's the mayor of Independence, Rory Rowland. His city joins Kansas City, Lee Summit, Liberty, Blue Springs, and many more asking voters to approve a three-cent local tax on marijuana products. Several counties, uh, including Jackson County, also want to give you the go-ahead to slap a 3% tax on pot sales. So, Lynn Horsley, what happens if both are approved? Do you have to pay a city marijuana tax and a county tax as well? That's still a question, Nick. Um, Jack Cardetti, who is with the Cannabis Trade Association, says no, that you cannot stack a county tax and a municipal tax. But I think there are other group people that believe they can. It will probably have to get settled in the courts. It's not entirely clear in this constitutional amendment. So there is some haze over this issue already, but this could get quite expensive, Kanala, because 3% at a city level, 3% at a county level, and then the state also has a 6% tax on marijuana products. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're in Kansas City, for example, and all of the, the city and the county um, and then on top of that, like you said, the state tax are approved. You'll be paying that, which could be up to 12% if, you know, it turns out that, you know, you can stack those city and county taxes. And that's before, you know, your regular sales tax, which in Kansas City... Oh, you're paying that on top? Yeah, you're paying that on top of your regular sales tax. Yeah, there are uh, some 70 cities or more in the entire state of Missouri that are, are doing this, and counties are invo uh, involved as well. So this, as Lynn says, this is going to end up in the courts um, uh, for this. And even at an additional rate, and this applies only to recreational marijuana, not the medical mar marijuana, um, Missouri's state tax load would be far less than some other states. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, other states charge quite a bit higher tax. California, Illinois. Well, Col um, Colorado is 15%. Illinois is like 30-something percent. So right. it is less, but still 12%. Will people be rushing out to the dispensaries over the next few days to stock up prior to all these taxes going up, Eric? They might. You know, they were bragging about, you know, they made $100 million the first month. So I guess everybody has dollar signs in their eyes. But you could get into a situation here because Kansas City's not Denver, it's not Colorado, I mean California, where they tax themselves out of it and then people wind up going somewhere else to buy it, like the street corners. I will say uh, the cities do want to, want to get in on this action. There are, the sales are off the charts right now and they see this as a revenue source. In Kansas City they have said they'll spend it on illegal dumping and neighborhood cleanups, homelessness solutions and violence prevention. Those are broad categories, though. And, and Kanala, there is other cities, though. I mean, some of them are much more fuzzy, it seems, on what they're going to spend it on. Some of them, like Independence, we may spend it on a new police building. Yeah. Uh, others, we'll just put it in the general fund. How do you know, actually, the money is going to go to any of these places? I mean, you really don't. We'll have to see how it all rolls out. If, it, if they say it's going to the general fund, then that's where it's going, and people will have to stay on their, you know, local government to see where it goes. But if it is in the ballot question, I mean, those citizens can at least look to that and and say, well, that was a part of the ordinance that put this in the in the election. But if you say this is for crime prevention or homeless services, that could be a huge number of things in Kansas City. Oh, ab ab absolutely. And there, we're talking about in Kansas City, Missouri, just alone, over the first five years of this thing, they estimate it could be $10 million a year in terms of additional taxes uh, to, the, to, uh, to the city here. So um, there's a big push, obviously, to get this done. But uh, as we've already talked about, the, whether or not you can stack a county tax on top of a, a local tax on this thing remains to be seen. Well, what stops people, Eric, from just uh, saying, I'll just buy it from the street. I don't even need to go to a medical dispensary store. I'll save myself a lot of money. Yeah, nothing will stop them from doing that. Uh, but the interesting thing about it is they always pull on our heartstrings. We're going to help the homeless. We're going to do something about violence. We're going to, anytime they want to pass a measure like this, they always come up with something, veterans or something along those lines. Which is to what get Jackson County is doing, is one of the components of it. Exactly. That's what people want to hear and think that they're helping it. But then when it gets down to it, does the money actually go into those areas to benefit those? I say people just groups. buying it from the street. What surprised me, Kanala, and I wasn't familiar with the whole, how it was working, that you, you couldn't use a credit card. You actually have to use cash now because it's, uh, 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 it's illegal at the federal level. Correct. Yeah, you can't you can't just go in. A lot of places don't actually offer any cashless options. There are apps in place where you can put you know your ACH information in and buy you know cashless that way. But I mean, for the most part, you are going to have to go to an ATM and use cash if you're going to a dispensary. Yeah, and, th th and there are some of uh, these uh, dispensaries throughout Kansas City that contain ATM machines in them. <laughs> you know, Kansas is looking befuddled at all of this, of course, Lynn, because they're not getting a, a, a any say in this, and they've just killed it for the session in Kansas. But, you know, there's a lot of money to be made here. Where is all of that money going uh, in, you know, how much money are we talking about, say, for a Kansas City and Independence, and how much is Kansas losing on this, like in Overland Park, for instance? Well, I think Kansas City is counting on $10 million a year after, about five, after this ramps up. I don't know about the other cities. Apparently, there's just no appetite. In Kansas, they're all about uh, gambling uh, and sports gambling. 
which we can't, which the Missouri legislature isn't yet doing. So that seems to be where their attention is as far as raising revenue. But it wouldn't have happened, though, I'm assuming, in Missouri if it wasn't for the initiative petition process. Uh, on mar uh, marijuana legalization, absolutely, and that's an old, another whole kettle fish in, in Missouri. And I just want to say that at the beginning of the session, I uh, believe that Governor Kelly was pretty confident that she could get some sort of medical marijuana legislation through, and this, this is a setback for her administration and for Democrats in Kansas that, they're, that, that it's dead. Why would somebody want to vote no on the 3% tax? Would some people just say, well, hey, I don't, I don't go there anyway. I, if there's more money, I don't care how they spend the money. If it's going to go to help fix potholes or pick up trash, I don't mind other people having to pay extra in, in, in taxes. And that, that's probably the general consensus. And, you know, Kansas City has the terrible homeless problem, so that could get people to vote for it just on the fact that they're thinking it, that it's helping other people. The main reason some people may vote against it is it's a sales tax. It's regressive. And there's a feeling that this will hit poor people more. Now, uh, sorry, Airbnb is also on the ballot this week. Many of us love to go to other cities and oftentimes save money by renting an Airbnb. But how would you feel if you lived next door to one? Now, you know, it's a stranger every other weekend. No longer should it be that people have to deal with issues relating to Airbnbs and get no answer from City Hall. It's becoming such a huge irritant for many local residents. Kansas City is placing two questions on next Tuesday's ballot for you to decide. In Kansas City, again, there's two of these measures, but it all seems to be about funding taxes and fees on, on top of uh, Airbnbs. What does it do to actually protect people like that lady there who is saying, uh, I don't like the fact that there's a, a new person coming living next door to me every other weekend? I mean, ideally, some of this money will go towards funding how this program is operating, but... It doesn't say that in the ballot it language, It doesn't though. say that. Some of the money is obviously going to go to um, the convention center and tourism, but I, that was the idea when it came to how do we better actually tax this programming. Um, and so it, the, these ordinances don't actually get at some of the nuisance issues that people are experiencing when it comes to Airbnbs, but uh, officials have said that it's the first step. You know, especially when it comes to those audits that came out, it's the first step to getting at those larger issues. And so it might be a minute before we see that type of, you know, resolution. Yeah, I think the city auditor pointed out that um, there's an, an uneven playing field right now. These are, these are hotels in a way, and yet the hotels have to pay a tax, a room tax, or there's a tax on rooms, and that there should be parity with the Airbnbs. I think there also just is a feeling that the city council is on notice. The residents want regulation, and this could be a source of funding for increased enforcement and regu regulation to make sure these properties are not you know, horrendous nuisances for the neighborhood. But again, there's no guarantee of that because it's not in the ballot language in any way, shape or form. I, I was just wondering also, it, some people make the view, well, it's the only, you know, visitors will be paying this fee, so why should I care about this, uh, Eric? And that's the same thing when you go back to the marijuana tax. If I'm not buying recreational marijuana, I don't care about the tax either. But a lot of people that have Airbnbs that call the newspaper, they say that they have to call the police all the time and wait on the police to get there to do something. They're having these wild parties and things like that. So this might be a way to regulate it, but I don't know how effective it's going to be. Why would somebody vote no on this, Michael? Um, somebody would vote no on it because they probably have a dog in the fight, like, a, like, a, like an Airbnb. Uh, Kinala, $1.50 right now as a fee on um, 
in Kansas City. This would go up to three dollars mm -hmm. a night. Uh, there would be a 7.5 percent tax on these rentals. Who actually pays that though? Is that actually going to be the owner of the Airbnb property, or mm -hmm. you coming into that Airbnb property? You coming in as a visitor oh, really? are going okay. to be responsible for that three dollar fee and that 7.5 tax. Okay, so your family member coming in from the United Kingdom <laughs> or from uh, the East Coast, for instance, they're going to be hit with this. Yes, and, but but it is going to like um, Lynn said, it is going to put people on par with those hotels, and so that's it's supposed to even the playing field, so to speak, with all the other um, accommodations that are happening in the city. Now, what happens when you have an election for an office and there are no candidates? No, we're not attached to a building. We're attached to our community. That's right. We care. Let them say what they have to say, but and then we go from there. Though there's been huge controversies over school closings and never-ending debates in schools over how they teach everything from race to gender, hardly anyone is running for school board in Kansas City next week. Two newcomers are running totally unopposed, and in a third seat, not one person bothered to file, which means if you write in your name on Tuesday, you could be the newest member of the Kansas City, Missouri School Board. What you'll end up is Mickey Mouse all of a sudden will be on the school board because you'll have five people decide to, to jokingly put that name on the ballot. How is it that absolutely no one is interested in running, Eric? Well, it's a lot of things. A lot of people are disengaged now because the school board seems to be stable and it's going in the right direction. They have a new superintendent of school. People have a lot of faith and confidence. And I think one of the issues was that people decided not to run for re-election and it was kind of a hush-hush kind of thing that where a lot of people didn't know about it. And then when the filing time came up, uh, realizing nobody had filed for those seats. Do school board members get paid, Lynn? They do not. I mean, they might get their meals, but, you know, the city council members do get paid. Yeah, I was looking at that. Yeah, over $70,000 a year. So that might that explain why you have almost 40 candidates running for city council and barely anyone running for school board? Well, I th you know, city council is exciting and you have an impact in many ways. I think the school board is also equally important. But let's face it, Nick. School boards have become catalysts for fanatical parents. You have these meetings that go past midnight and you're getting screamed at. What sensible person would put up with that? I believe it was Mark Twain that said the most thankless job in American politics is to be on a, uh, be on a member of school board. And the interesting thing about this is this is happening. This uh, absence of people running for school board in Kansas City is juxtaposed, uh, juxtaposed against the, the drive by some conservative groups to concentrate on fielding candidates and campaigns for local school boards because of the things that we just talked about in, ter in terms of um, the trying to drive the agenda on school districts. Um, uh, by the way, Kansas school board members also by law are not allowed to be paid. Eric. But by contrast, Hickman Mills has a slate of candidates as well. Raytown has a slate of candidates. It was just interesting that Kansas City in that particular district, everybody, the two candidates are write-ins. On Tuesday, Kansas City voters will decide whether Quinton Lucas deserves four more years as mayor. They'll also be deciding half the seats on the city council. Some of its best-known members like Catherine Shields, Heather Hall, Teresa Law are all term limited and will be heading out the door. That means there will be an explosion of new faces coming to City Hall. My colleague Mary Sanchez says there's currently not one Latino council member. That could change as a result of this election. What other trends should we be watching out for, Lynn? Well, uh, one thing to watch for is the, the Northland uh, council representatives versus South. There's been a lot of geographic friction on the current council. We'll see if that continues. 
Another thing to watch is there are a number of candidates who are very pro-police and pro-law enforcement, and then there are other candidates who are pro-social services and really uh, opposed to a super powerful police department. And so that might, depending on who gets seated, that might be something to watch. And I agree with Lynn. Uh, I did the debates with the League of Women Voters, and it was just different watching people north of the river and their attitude about police versus people south of the river and their attitude about police. Some people say that Mayor Quinton Lucas's life at City Hall will become more miserable as a result of this election, Michael. I, th I think there's a possibility here that uh, it, it could be very interesting in a second term for him. Let's see how he handles and deals with the new members of the, uh, of the city council. He'll get that only bit. if he beats Clay Chastain, though. Yes, Lynn. <laughs> well, I was going to say Sly James had the same <coughs> the same dynamic in his second term. He had a more contentious council. The other thing to watch, and let's make sure that people know, the April fourth election is the primary. There's a general election in June. They better get a high turnout in June, or there's going to be a very low threshold for initiative petitions. And Sly James found in his second term he was constantly dealing with these frivolous and stupid uh, petition initiatives that require elections. But we are, we are dealing with triple-digit potential homicides again this year, perhaps the deadliest year on record. We're looking at a potential downtown ballpark. We have a reparations commission that wants to be working, lots of contentious issues. Can we expect through the roof turnout on Tuesday, Eric? No, not really. Uh, I think it'll be the norm anywhere from 8 to 12 percent. Turnout prediction for Tuesday, Michael? In that same range, 8 to 12, maybe as high as 15 percent, although I doubt it. It doesn't seem like uh, um, the uh, voters are that engaged. I've conducted, uh, I've moderated a couple of forums uh, as well, and you see the same people uh, t turning out uh, at them. And some forums, there are actually more candidates on the stage than there are actually audience members to talk to them. All righty, Kanala Phillips and Lynn Horsley, thank you so much for being with us on this Week in Review. Eric Wesson and Michael Mahoney, thanks for the insights from you ahead of Election Day. The top race on the ballot is for mayor of Kansas City, but Quinton Luke breaking with tradition and refusing to debate his only opponent. His opponent isn't happy about it. He joins us next. We end the week with some sobering crime numbers. Kansas City is now outpacing not only last year's murder count, but 2020, which was the deadliest year in the city's history. When he was first elected, Quinta Lucas vowed to end triple-digit homicides in Kansas City. It's only gotten worse. Lucas won't debate his opponent before Election Day, but here to talk crime and other pressing issues in the city is the second name that will appear next to Mayor Lucas on Tuesday's ballot. Clay Chastain, it is very good to have you with us. But I have to say, I have a huge empathy for the underdog, which is why I wanted you on this program. However, are you testing our patience? You moved to Virginia over a decade ago, and yet you keep coming back. You ran for mayor against Sly James. You got 6% of the vote. You ran against Quinta Lucas. You got 1% of the vote. What convinces you that this time is going to be different? I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> the, the difference here is that um, I'm really trying this time. I'm ready to move here full-time, and my legal obligation is concluded in Virginia, so I can be a full-time resident and mayor. That's, no, that's the number one thing. And I've shown a commitment to this city for a long time. You know that. You know, we saved the train station from planned demolition, won a light rail election in 2006. The corrupt government overturned it, or we'd be riding light rail and connecting to the new airport right now with that rail system. So 
The visions I've had for this city have not uh, been accomplished. Well, one of your uh, big visions for the city is a monorail that will go from Union Station to KCI Airport, yet they've already just said we're going to kill off the plans to have a streetcar going from Kansas City to the stadiums because it costs too much money, right. yet this would be a route two and a half times as big. This, this monorail, people don't understand. They, they've ridden the Disney monorail. A lot of people love that, but that's 50-year-old technology. So you can imagine how nice the monorail is now, quiet, efficient, um, fast, and it's cost-effective. How do you pay for it? We're going to extend the existing bus tax, 3.8 cent bus tax, when it expires next year. The bus system will still have a half cent. We'll take that 3.8 cents. That's our local match. We're going to try to get a billion dollars plus of federal infrastructure money because Congress approved that infrastructure bill, right? And if we don't get it, other cities are going to get it. So we have to have a plan approved by the voters. That's this plan with the monorail, the greenway system. You're going to be able to get around the entire city without a car if you choose to. And you can save $12,000 a year, according to the AAA, as to what a car costs people. So that's going to be a major uh, traction for this city, a selling point, to get young people to move here. Because a lot of young people don't even want a car anymore. They want to live in a clean, green, car, uncongested city. We get those people in there. We, then we, have, we build our tax base up, our revenue base, so we are sustainable. We are but not you, sustainable But as mayor, now. though, you are just one vote on the city council. You have to attract at least six other people to come with you. Why no, would anybody no, no, on the no, council... No. That's not the only way we can go at it. Remember the old petition drive. I can do a petition drive while I'm the mayor of Kansas City if I have trouble with the council. I'll take my vision right to the people. Is like it going to be hard? Do you have the right temperament, though, to be the mayor of Kansas City? Well, you've <laughs> spent the last few years. Exactly. What are you talking You'd about? You'd be trying to oust members of the city council by doing recall elections against them. Yeah. Why would they support you on anything? This is a new group of people, you know. And I, I met some last night in the forum over in the Ivanhoe Neighborhood Council, which the mayor ducked that debate, too. His name was right there next to mine, and he didn't show up. And these people, I like these people, uh, uh, Ms. Robinson, never met her before, Ms. Hall, Mr. Ellington. They seem like very common sense people. I don't think they hold anything against me. So I think we're going to have a new, uh, they'll see me as very, they'll see another side of me they haven't seen. The star points, paints me as this uh, angry activist, unwilling to work with people. I'm very, my, my daughters love me. They, they I mean, I, I'm, they think I'm, I'm cool and, and easy to get along with. So. My kids think I'm easy to get along with, but my crew may not think that. <laughs> but Clay, you know, I mentioned the statistics on crime, for instance. You know, right. what would you do differently? Well, first of all, he's been a, a completely ineffective mayor in terms of keeping his promise to end the homicide crisis, as you pointed out early. So he, he didn't keep his promise. He has no vision. He has no plan to do so. He's just running and saying, oh, I'm optimistic, he says. I've got a specific plan, Path to Safety Initiative, I call it. We're going to work with the new police chief, Chief Graves. I, I, heard, I read her interview with Channel 9. Very smart woman. She's right on the money. We need to work together, accountability. She's going to have, I think, in, in part, very good policing policies. She'll do her job. I'll do my job as the mayor. We're going to start investing economic, educational, transportation resources into the disadvantaged parts of this city, which we haven't done for decades. That's why it's manifested itself in the homicides. Lucas, James, glitz. Glitz, glitz, glitz. Downtown glitz. Shiny projects. They don't improve the envir living environment for the people that live here. What about, and though, opening an airport terminal ahead of schedule? That's what Quinta Lucas says he's done. Making bus service free, bringing the NFL draft and the World Cup to Kansas City during his watch. The only thing we haven't had is the 
Olympics? Yeah, Will we be getting world, an Olympics? Are you going to have the World Cup people from around the world coming here and calling up Uber to get to the stadiums or riding a diesel bus? We've got the monorail. Beautiful. It's going to come in at floor level to the new terminal. It's going to solve all the parking congestion problems at KCI. People are going to use it as a reverse commute in the Northland. All those people that work south of the river now and live up in the Northland, we're going to be able to get people in the inner city up to jobs up there that they have a staffing problem, right, too? So the monorail is a perfect solution to make this airport the most convenient, accessible, greatest airport in America if they'll just listen to Clay Chastain. Now, would there be a down, down pole park uh, if there was a mayor Clay Chastain, did you see this week a Kansas-side architectural firm now putting forward a rival design plan for what a new home for the Kansas City Royals would look like? Not if they... Not, the, the, I don't know if he's a billionaire, billionaire owner, Mr. Sherman. I, I, I'm sure he, 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 he's not concerned where his next meal's coming from. He's got millionaire owner, uh, ball players. We've got taxpayers that are taxed out here in this city and barely making it. We're not going to put the burden of building that stadium on the backs of the taxpayers. He wants to extend that $0.38 cent stadium tax? No. Not for Glitz, not for millionaire owner, billionaire owners, millionaire players. You, if you be want okay to with it, them leaving Kansas City? I wouldn't be okay with it, but I'm not going to, we're not going to keep them here with tax dollars. If they want to do it on their own dime, and we can maybe provide the, the, uh, the uh, setting and, and, and pr provide the groundwork for it, we can do that. But we're not going to tax any people anymore for glitz in this city. Are you willing to commit on this program right now if you fail to win this mayor's race? This is it. You won't run for office again <laughs> in Kansas City, Clay. You're taking all my fun away <laughs> if I don't run. Um, yes, because I, I've reached an age and a, and a point in time where I'm, I'm really going for it this time. I've got my vision out there, and uh, I think people are going to embrace it. I think they're going to see me as a decisive, effective mayor that's going to do the right so thing this for would, the this people. Would, this would be it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that includes no more light rail, no more monorail, no, no more Ferris what, rail that's plans? That's one of the reasons I ran for mayor is, is my ex-wife actually sat me down. She said, Clay, you know... Lucas is going to do what he did to the one in 2019. If you turn in, he's going to kill it again. He doesn't want it competing with the streetcar. So you might as well run for mayor. That's the only way you're going to get your vision uh, before the people and is going to get it approved as to be the mayor of this city. Maverick transit activist, now candidate for Kansas City Mayor, Clay Chastain. Thanks for joining us ahead of Tuesday's election. Next week, Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft joins us as he gets ready to strip libraries of state funding if they offer prurient books to children. We're also joined by First Amendment experts as we dissect local book bans and the efforts to block conservative speakers from university campuses on both sides of state line. Would you join us? I'm Nick Haynes. From all of us here at Kansas City PBS, be well, keep calm, and carry on.